0: Hey, Peter. Yo. What do you know about chordal harmony?
1: Um, Like you take the harmony, you shove it into a quart of like a milk container. I don't know anything about that because I only deal in metric now. I'm very advanced. 21st century, buddy.
0: How European. I'm Adam Menace. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear It podcast. Jazz. Explained. Explained by two jazz pianists. That's Peter Martin. I'm Adam Maness. We've already said that part, but I thought I'd reiterate, Peter, we never, we don't spend a lot of time talking about our cred, you know, our credentials for this, but. uh...
1: Right. Due to the very um, shallow nature of them, we decide not to tread (laughs) in those shallow waters too often. Yeah, we' we're, we're two working jazz pianists that's saying something. I right? could
0: read the three paragraph the three the three paragraph c v that I have, but why would I when we could just exactly. talk about it instead
1: well no, and you know what it's important as artists it's you know the c v you know uh the bio the you know all that stuff from the past it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, I could talk about the George Clooney movies that I've appeared in the Grammy oh. award winning albums. None of that stuff matters in terms of my credibility. <laughs> it's like, what have what have you done for me lately? That's sir? right. Yeah, you know
0: I, I could talk. I could talk about. Well, so anyway, Peter, uh, today we do have a speak pipe um, from Jalan and it's a good one, man. It's all about choral harmony. Shall we have a listen? Yes. Have a go here.
1: Let's have hey, a candy. Adam. My name is Jalon. I am a high school band director in Atlanta, Georgia, and an uh, intermediate jazz pianist. And my question was about chordal harmony, the harmony built in fourths, um, really just everything about it. Like, what are the thought processes in using this type of harmony instead of the traditional ter- tertiary harmony? And You know, just when to use this type of harmony, or when are some good instances and how to use this type of harmony over what types of chords really just anything you could share about chordal harmony would be great. All right, thank you, and love the podcast, by the way. Keep it up.
0: Thank you, Jelan. That was a great question. And you know, I'll start by saying, Peter, I don't know about you, but my first response to this is number one, listen. So, like, going back and listening to the John Coltrane Quartet, especially with McCoy Tyner, those, those uh, records. McCoy Tyner's records, um, Time for Tyner, mm. The Real McCoy, of course. But Reaching just, forth. Reaching forth, you know, but but all of them, live at Newport. Like, you're going to yeah. hear sort of the best place to use them. And honestly, Jelan, your, your first stop on this should be two things. Modal tunes, so one or two chords where you're sitting on a chord for a while. And the blues, which is actually kind of a modal tune if you think about it, in a modal yep. form. But those two are sort of the, the those two are the go tos for chordal harmony. Wouldn't
1: you say, Peter? That's right, absolutely. You know, I always think about um, when I'm asked about you know we we should just call them fourth fourth chords, yep. fourth voicings. You know? oh, we should. But
0: I always just to, just for people that don't know, these are what what, what yeah. talking about. It's when you build a chord in fourths. <laughs> From the bottom up, so here I have F, B flat, E flat, A flat, and D flat, and you might play that over like you know a B flat minor seven or something like that. But it doesn't have yeah. to be all fourths. A lot of this harmony has a third, especially on top. The so yeah. what chords, you know, come to mind. That's chordal harmony for sure. But there's a lot of fourths going on.
1: Yeah, but I think you've got you know two main places, especially as pianists, um, that we can think about interacting with these this kind of harmony and that's voicings and then you know lines or melodies and a lot of times pianists and really all you know jazz musicians almost all jazz musicians are pianists of some degree that i mean good good players that i've been around they they can sit down and, and i think part of the reason it's important is because the piano it's easier um to be able to wrap your head around this type of harmony at the piano you can see it you can feel it you can actually play those fourth voicings um, you, you know vertically instead of just horizontally like on a horn or if you're a vocalist or whatever so um, that's you know how you want to separate playing melodically versus playing a voice thing like which comes first it doesn't really matter but I always kind of make some connection with that so in other words if you have a really good fourth voice like the ones that you were playing those, those all have a lot of melodic possibilities within those shapes totally you know what I mean but they don't have to be limited, and they shouldn't be limited to just running up and down them. Like, that's a lot of times, I think, when people think, oh, I'm going to play, use chordal harmony. A pianist would be like, okay, I'm going to do fourth voicings only, which you've already pointed out. It doesn't have to be only forced. You could have a third. In fact, a lot of the really interesting ones that McCoy Tyner played that I learned from transcribing were not – they sounded like all fourths, but there'd be like one third on them. Or like, you know – or they might – exactly. Or they might be all fourths, but they're not all perfect fourths. That's the other thing. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe chordal harmony is just any kind of force, right? It can be yeah. augmented well,
0: fourth. Yeah, and like you said, it doesn't have to be all fourths. It's kind of just based on that. And I think, yeah. uh, Jelan, you could also start – an easy way to th- see this because there's just not that many options is, is in your left hand. So to really explore with this, you can take an, like an F7 chord if you're playing like an F blues. You got you to gotta drop the, the bomb there, Peter. You got to drop that fifth down there if you want to get the McCoy yeah. before you get into it. But then you can go into and look.
1: And, and, and look, the important thing about that fifth down there, fifth is just a fourth upside down. It's like a smile is just a Come frown on, upside baby. down, my friend. Turn
0: Come it on, around, man. <laughs> man. You could do a fourth if you want. And you drop that F and C down there, and then you can go straight into, and like you said, it doesn't have to be a perfect fourth, E flat A and D, right? That's an augmented fourth there. Yeah. And then you just move that. You can move that diatonically. That's the key. I sort think. of level one, move it diatonically up that F7, so up the F mixolydian. Yep. And you're going to get some shapes that are more tense, you know, as you get into the tritone there. Yep. But you can go all the way up. And then, of course, like, I'm actually too, Peter, I don't know if you heard, but um, I'm also incorporating that into my line. So, right, like all of those little little bit bigger of jumps rather than just like or you know enclosures not that you wouldn't play that but you know when you get those fourths going you can get some big shapes triads things like that Yeah. and I'm just moving my left hand around in fourths diatonically that's kind of a great yeah. jumping off point and you can do that too in C minor Go out, why not take it out while you're there?
1: Yeah, that's great. And I mean, you know, ultimately, I think these kinds of uh, sounds, although you will find certainly good examples of them, especially on certain um, so called modal tunes that sit on certain chords for a while, impressions, you know, so what, all blues, these kinds of things. But um, typically, how you go into this kind of sound and then come out of it to some bebop, just some just tri- some yeah. third bass stuff, some some arpeggiation. That's where the real fun comes and that's where it becomes kind of just another yes, it's a harmonic uh device, a harmonic area, but it's also like a vocabulary driven thing as opposed to just and that's why I started out talking about with voicings versus melodic thing and what that relationship and that's such an important thing for everybody, whether you're a pianist or not, is to understand. Like voicings for us pianists, that's our way of, uh, it's one of our ways, kind of our primary way often of accompanying um, other players. But it's also the foundation for all of us to build upon, you know, the melodic kind of shapes and patterns for our imagination to realize as we improvise.
0: Absolutely. And, And, you know, this doesn't also have to be limited to just one chord or a modal thing, too. It's a little bit trickier. But even on something like autumn leaves, you can certainly do oh, yeah. you know, you know, cadences that have two five ones. If you think about the two five in the autumn leaves, instead of the two chord, C minor seven, right? Usually C minor seven, F seven, B flat seven, you could take that cadence, especially with the time given, which is like a full bar of each. And instead of yep. C7 and you don't have to work this out with anybody you can just do this on the fly you could think the whole time i mean you could think C minor and that dorian but you could also think just F sus right F7 sus giving you that same sound we were just playing over the blues and yep. that that would be great actually for those full two two bars you can get something but you could also do an F7 sus and instead of hitting on that F7, you could do something like a tritone sub then and do like a B7 sus, right? Mm. Yep. To your B flat 7 And again, lots of fourths, lots of fifths in my lines here. Which is just as much about the sound as anything. So... And you can then, you know, like you said, then you can go in, in and out of some bebop stuff, put some enclosures in there, some pure melody, as Kieser likes to talk about, adding that to yeah. the mix, you know, going straight to some kind of melodic thing that's just really melodic um, Yeah, is a great way to practice that. But.
1: No, it's great. That's great. And I mean, ultimately, I think any of these kind of, you know, larger areas of harmony or, or melody or rhythm that's uh, important for us to learn as we practice them you know as we're learning them and starting to incorporating into our playing but like as we're practicing them is really get a feel for the sound of it like to totally. me it's a very expansive open open kind of I, I mean partly yeah because it's a wider it's based upon a little bit wider interval than most of we're typically hearing an arpeggio which would be based upon thirds stacked up <laughs> thirds and so forth is slightly wider but I think also there's just something you know, there's something special about different patterns and relationships in music, and a lot of them sort of defy easy description, but they can be, you know, codified and put together in a way that becomes like a thing because, like, fourth harmony, chordal harmony when we're, like, going in and out of, uh, like, what, you know, melodic playing can be super important for playing out, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's crucial, and actually we... Open Studio we have a course called pentatonics and playing out that's how connected oh. they are is like if
1: only we had a course that taught this stuff
0: No it's it's exactly what I was saying before about using things like the tritone sub sussing out your five chords using this kind of chordal left hand harmony and then But I mean you can't just say okay I'm going to put fourth and fifth into my chords and my melodies and then I got it you got to listen to Chick Corea you got to listen to McCoy Tyner you got to listen to Herbie Hancock yeah. you got to listen to Kenny Kirkland and get these sounds In your ears.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you listed all them and then there's 40 more. I mean, there's not 40 more on their level, but I mean, there's. But that's that's how. Because a lot of times it's like, well, I don't want to play it just like them. Well, don't worry. You won't. You you know, that's a good (laughs) thing. You you couldn't if you you tried, yeah. But yeah, but you're listening to see how... What does it feel like when they go into this chordal harmony? How do they get into it? How do they get out of it? How how quickly are they going in and out of it? Or are they just staying? What types of chords? What types of tunes? Like, there's so much yeah. fruitful analysis that you can do. But mainly, like, find those... You know, get in touch with what it feels like. Because as soon as you're playing that stuff, I'm just like... Mm. I never think, oh, chordal harmony. Uh, partly because exactly. I didn't have that term when I started yeah. out. But I do think, ooh, that sound... Like, it's just... To me, it's like I can there's – certain, there's certain imagery and almost like cinematography that I would associate. It's a very cinematic kind of sound, you know, all these things are, where you could think about like a wide open horizon. I think about certain architecture that I've seen. And it, it doesn't matter. Whatever you associate it with, it becomes like an artistic thing and a tool in your toolbox that you can pull out, you know.
0: Absolutely. And we will be right back.
1: All right, and now then. we're ready for part two of our analysis of Cordell Harvey. <laughs>
0: I think <laughs> you know we got it. No, Jalan, great question. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <Ooh. laughs> That's a good one. And we haven't talked about that in yeah. a while. But check out if, Jalan, I don't know if you're an Open Studio member or not, but if you are, check out Pentatonics and Playing Out because it goes on a pretty deep dive with that. But also uh, listen to Chick Corea, Now He Sings and Now He Sobs. Listen to McCoy Tyner Reaching Forth. Listen to McCoy Tyner, uh, uh, The Real McCoy. Listen to McCoy Tyner. Uh, anything. <laughs> listen to yeah. the John Coltrane Lonnie's Lament. Lonnie's Lament. Amazing. Crescent. Yeah. yeah. Love Supreme. Uh, listen to Chikoria Matrix. Chikoria Matrix. Listen to uh, anything from Black Coats from the Underground, Witten Marsalis and Kenny Kirkland and how he approaches that sound. Listen to Brad Melda Live at the Village Vanguard Volume 4. There's a lot of this kind of stuff right. on there. Listen to Robert Glasper. Don't listen
1: to 1, 2, and 3 though. There's none of it on there. No, no harmony.
0: No, listen to, St- to oh, Robert Glasper's oh, oh, gotcha, um, trio record. I'm forgetting the name of it now, but Anyway, Black radio,
1: volume one, volume two, volume three, volume four.
0: Not so much those, but the trio one, the acoustic trio one, he's doing this kind right. of stuff on there occasionally. Sure. So you can hear it in even the most modern of players. Yeah, Good stuff. Awesome stuff, man. Well, this was fun, Peter. This was
1: fun. Yeah, dude. Remote. We're still remote style.
0: I know. You know, we got a lot of great feedback recently on our uh, Fred Armisen episode. I don't know if you know that about... I'm
1: not a fan of jazz. We know Fred. <laughs> yeah. I love the way he says that. Yeah, he says it exactly the way... Someone that looks like him should say the word jazz. It's perfect.
0: <laughs> the pause is just pregnant <laughs> enough.
1: <laughs> it's both, you know, it's both mocking and giving homage to, to the word at the same time in such a beautiful way.
0: Yeah, but he, he would say homage. <laughs>
1: exactly. Well, I'm right. right, until next time. You'll hear it.